while we have been married 34 years. 34 years. And how did we meet? Um, that's a good question. Where do we meet? We uh, were... Introduced by, by my mom. Well, it's sort of complicated, actually, but yeah. Um, actually, David's mom was a nurse, I was a nurse, uh, but we really met in anesthesia school. In other words, David was my, he, he was my teacher, he was my instructor in the operating room, and I was his student, and we always say it was love behind the drapes, because uh, we kind of fell in love in an OR, uh, giving anesthesia, and then um, started, dating. started dating after that, so right. kind of fun. <laughs> Well, we met at Kmart. I was going to the store with my sister, and she said hello to George. So I uh, and gave him a hug. So I said, "Well, I'll say hello and give him a hug." And then he uh, waited for me to uh, be able to ask for a date. And we've been married 36 years now. I'll tell you how we met through bowling. Uh, we've been married for 12 years. We've been married. 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> and how did we meet? We met through friends in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, I was stalking him. Well, we met through a roommate. I was living with a young girl and Sean. It was kind of like seeing her off and on. And I used to think, this guy, I don't like this guy at all. This guy is just like crazy. And we've been married 31 years. <laughs> Well, we met at college, we're playing volleyball, and um, we've been married almost 25 years. Uh, we met 16 years ago at a singles dance. It was a single outreach dance, and we've been dancing ever since for 16 years. Uh, we, met, we met on Halloween night. Uh, 30 years ago this month. 35 years ago. 35 years ago. <laughs> we'll, we'll be married 30 years on January 10th. We uh, met in on July 2nd of 1997, mm -hmm. and we were married July 19th of 1997. So we got married 17 days after we met. <laughs> so it's been over 19 years right now. Well, we've been married almost 51 years. 51, 51. Almost 51 years. 51. Yeah. And how did we meet? Tell them how we met. We met at a furniture store. And I was working at the furniture store to find a wife, and I did. Success. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Incredible. Well, we are going to have a wonderful time today as we wrap up this series called Built to Last. And as we've been sharing with you, we're going to use some of these testimonies to illustrate our message today. But before we jump into that, I, I want to say a word about the series that I'm going to start next weekend. Leading up to Thanksgiving, we're going to do a brief three-part series called God's Will for You. You know, any pastor will tell you that one of the most frequent things we get are, are questions. We tend to get a lot of questions. And those questions are kind of all over the place. Some of them are philosophical, theological, some of them very practical, many of them are relational. But the one thing that they tend to have in common, or at least the most common theme in my ministry has been 
what is God's will for me? That may come out as, uh, should I make this uh, uh, career move? Or should I move geographically to another city, another place? Or what should I do about this family situation that's going on? And uh, on and on the questions go. But the most common question I get is, what is God's will for my life? Well, that's what this series is all about. For three weekends, that's where we're going to go. We're going to talk about what is God's will for us? Because there's some things in Scripture that it makes crystal clear God wants us to do, and he, he wants these things to, to mark our life. I, I, I'm really anticipating that series. I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do in our midst during those three weekends as we talk about God's will for your life. So let's uh, do that together starting next weekend. A couple came to their pastor for advice. The husband was concerned about his wife's depression, and he'd been trying to help her, but anything he tried, it it just seemed to go nowhere. It did no good. So now they've come to the pastor for help, and he reaches back to everything he learned in seminary, everything he's read in books through the years, every technique he's ever tried, but nothing seems to work. And finally, almost as a last-ditch effort, as this thing is going nowhere, he decides to do something radical and shocking. So he gets up out of his pastor's chair, he goes over to the wife, pulls her out of her chair, dips her down, and lays a big kiss on her. Then he turns to the husband and says, sir, that's all your wife really needs about three times a week. And the bewildered husband said, oh dear, I can only bring her in on Thursdays. There's a lot of confusion, trust me, a lot of confusion about what it takes to make a marriage not only survive, but to truly, truly thrive. Well, guess what? Dozens of you helped us with this over the last several weeks. We ask you if you would be willing to to step into uh, a little booth to talk in front of a camera. And even though for some of you that made you a bit uncomfortable, uh, many of you did that and we really appreciate it. I have watched those videos. I want to tell you, you did an amazing job. I mean, some of them are really funny. Some of them are very serious. There was laughter and tears. People of all different ages. We had couples the Uh, One, I remember, over 56 years they had been married, right down to a couple who had been married for 20 days. Now, that's the couple you want to talk to right there. There's where you're going to get your answers, okay? So if you're maybe pondering marriage or you're wondering about some really golden marital advice, I want to tell you today is a day to listen up because you know what? You're going to hear from some couples today And this represents all of our four different campuses, these couples. And uh, as I say, a lot of variety here in terms of age and years of marriage. But you're going to hear distilled down some of the nuggets, some of the real gold that they have learned and are learning about what it takes to make a marriage really, really great. Okay? Now, if you stepped into the booth, if if you shared your story and yours doesn't get shared today, I I hope you'll not be personally offended by that in any way. We simply, we'd love to share them all. We simply cannot. There would not be time. We'd be here all, all day long. But we have chosen a few of these, and we're going to share little snippets of them. 
as we talk about some of these ingredients that help a marriage to thrive. Now, I noticed some themes emerging. And one of the common things, one of the themes that just about everybody mentioned in one way or another was over the next 20 years, as they look to the future, they want to grow in love. That is, love for God, deeper love for God, and a deeper, more meaningful love for one another. Great goal, by the way. Wow. What an awesome goal to have. So it seems that everybody kind of agrees that a great marriage is going to have a dynamic love right at the core of that marriage. But, but what are some of these other themes that we saw emerging? Well, to kind of get us started today, I noticed as I listened through these testimonies, one of the common themes couples mentioned was fun, laughter, romance in their relationship. And they mentioned the fact that they were friends. Often they use the phrase, we are best friends. I want you to listen to a few of these testimonies. We've been married three years going on February. Um, we've been together for 11 years in February. I worked in a deli, she worked as a cashier. <laughs> and we just met and started hanging out and... We were best friends yeah, we were for best friends about two years first. Nice. <laughs> so we got to know each other really well, um, you know, before we got married. So, you know, I was a real blessing that I really got to spend time as, with her as a friend before she became the love of my life. So, and I think that's also very important Aww. to keep that friendship and passion. You know, not only this is my wife, but this is my best friend. Well, a friend of mine from college had moved up here and she wanted me to meet Larry just as a friend. And do you remember how long we've been married? No. <laughs> 38 years. And he's my best friend. Yes. We're about to celebrate 25 years this year, so it's been a fun time and passed by so quickly we can't even believe it. And our dream for our marriage is, I would say, probably to get more romantic as we go along. I like that idea. And then I also think it would be cool to have some grandkids, right? Oh, yeah. And we're so getting we can, closer to that. So we can have fun and then leave them That's there. right. Yeah. That would be great. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. Friends, fun, romance. These were some of the common themes. But then I noticed another key theme emerging, and that is the theme of Commitment, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish so long as we both shall live. Those are vows or similar to vows that most of us who are married have said one to another as a pledge, as a promise. But often, somewhere along the way, we forget that for better or worse part, and we have a relationship that is based solely on convenience. So what many couples are learning is that sometimes along the way you have to kind of say, take pause and go, this is one of those worse times. This is one of those uh, uh, times where commitment is tested, but my love for you remains. Now I want to tell you, that's a weird concept in our culture. Because our culture doesn't understand that, that commitment, as we talked last week, is at the foundation of love. Our culture would give us the idea through our 
songs, through the articles and the talk shows, that love is something you fall in and out of very quickly. It's kind of a feeling. I've often said that Elvis Presley saying, I can't help falling in love with you. Like you have nothing to do with it, right? It, it, it's just totally against your will. The Righteous Brothers saying, you've lost that love in feeling. My favorite group, the Fine Young Cannibals, you do listen to them a lot, don't you? Saying, she drives me crazy and I can't help myself. Great songs, lousy theology. Romance may be an involuntary emotion, but real love is a deliberate act of the will. What I'm saying is you have to choose to love someone. It's a choice that you make. That is the essence of commitment. So I want to invite you now to some couples who talk about that commitment is one of the key things in their lives. My parents bought the proposal. So. It is a Indian marriage. Uh, it is a arranged marriage. Uh, arranged marriage by parents. We don't know each other before marriage. And Indian tradition is like that. So the, we we have to know each other after the parents are agreed, and they decided to marry her with both of us, and then we, we are to we met and we start relationship after the marriage and uh, we married us three years ago yeah now let me just say folks wonderful couple married three years ago but did you catch that isn't that interesting that the commitment started first right we first of all committed to this and then we're actually getting to know one another as we build a thriving, wonderful relationship together. It seems so foreign to our American culture, but I, I just highlighted there in my own mind and heart that commitment was at the key. Let's listen to a few more. Sorry. Uh, what are you? This is a sign of what's going on. Don't lose it. <laughs> we um, actually have a very interesting story. Our families knew each other from the time I was six and he was 12. And uh, we never, we had met each other over the course of years, but uh, never really had a romantic interest in each other. And um, our parents encouraged us to, <laughs> our parents encouraged us to meet and just talk to each other. And 20 minutes later, he asked me, do you want to get married? I said, yes. And um, we've been married for 22 years now. Survive. <laughs> now, the, the dream is to uh, raise uh, godly children and uh, grow all together, mm -hmm. happy, trusting in the Lord, and God willing, healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The important lesson uh, I have learned over married life is uh, what it takes to uh, build a strong marriage is a commitment to Jesus and then a sense of uh, respect, kindness, love that builds a friendship. What I've learned uh, in uh, marriage is uh, patience, a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just knowing that Jesus is at the center of our marriage and that's what has blessed us. 
important lesson I've learned thus far, since we're still, I'd say, kind of new to the game, um, is that to not put God as, not put God as, uh, I mean, sorry, Spence as um, God, and to keep God first, and then um, keep that important, and also give Spence grace. When he makes a mistake or when he does something wrong, remember, okay, I get grace from God, so Spence needs grace from me just as much as I need it from God every day. And keeping that in mind, as well as the fact that it's a commitment and a choice every day to sacrifice and to choose him after I choose Christ first every day. That's it. Uh, staying faithful with all things. Uh, she's a hairdresser, and one time I got my hair cut somewhere else, and she told me not to come home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, men, if your wife's a hairdresser, make sure she cuts your hair. What, what, what about for you? Um, an important lesson. I learned this very early on that um, Christ always needs to be center, otherwise we drift far, far away from each other. But the closer we are to him, he is, um, the closer we are to, to each other. So that works. <laughs> Thanks! Never give up. <laughs> just, yeah, last man standing wins. You, you just, as Pastor Rex said today, there are just so many challenges that one can face. You have no idea when you start off as a young married couple what life is going to bring. And just when you on feel that you are right on the edge of falling off the world, do not give up. Uh, tomorrow's a new day. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. And, uh, God does miracles. It's amazing. Amen. He really does do miracles. So commitment was important through the testimonies that you all gave and the wisdom you shared. But we noticed another theme emerging just over and over again as couple talked, couples talked about what God has used in their lives, and, and that's the theme of communication. Ooh, communication was huge. So I want you to listen now to uh, some of the testimonies about how important that is. We've been married 56 and a half years. Yes. And One day and a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we met at, at church. At church mostly, but also at my 13th birthday party, I, I noticed him as he stood up to do a comedy routine. <laughs> And my best friend was, they were going together, and after the party, they had, you had broken up or something, and I was trying to get them back together. And I ended up with the prize. Just to make it, no, no. <laughs> I don't know, what are we gonna do in the next 20 years? Honey? Just to enjoy life and make it to heaven. Yeah, that's it, we wanna make it to heaven, yep. So enjoy, our, enjoy our 14 grandchildren and our seven great-grandchildren. That's what we're doing this weekend. We're enjoying two of our grandchildren. We've kind of developed a philosophy. Yeah. And he's going to tell you three things that he feels marriage is. And this is an important lesson, yeah. Uh, commitment, the three C's. Commitment communication and cooperation. And I say you have to have the fourth, which is a sense of humor. Sense of humor. 
especially living with me, honey. <laughs> well, we met we met um, at Siena College um, back in 1989, and uh, we've been married uh, 26 years, six months, and 13 days, and uh, looking forward to many more days with this lovely woman. <laughs> We've, we've been blessed um, with just uh, the commitment and really pouring into each other's lives since young people. And, you know, we've had some great, great times and we've been through some storms. Um, we're really looking for God to continue to, to bless us and really show us um, where we can impact people's lives uh, for His kingdom. And uh, we're excited about that. I guess always communicating and um, communication and prayer, I would say, in combination. Um, we started with a firm foundation. and I guess we've learned to go to God in prayer more quickly than we used to in the early years. Um, but also just always communicating so that everything's out on the table. I think getting married young, we needed to, and, and uh, we've just continued with uh, that level of communication throughout our marriage. I mean, I would say um, the lessons also just commitment, like they talked about today. This whole series uh, is kind of an affirmation of, of what we've kind of learned and gone through, and it's exciting because of kind of what God has been building in our lives. We're going to be able to continue to use that and continue to grow. Um, so we're very thankful for that. We met uh, in high school, and we were both working at a restaurant. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, to be exact. He was my manager. I was a waitress. <laughs> and how long have you been married? Um, 12? Yeah, 12. 12 years. 12 years. I would say my dream is to stay happy and together and to retire somewhere nice and um, make him happy. Yeah, so my, my dream is to continue with as happy as we are now and uh, get our kids out of our house successfully and launch them. <laughs> I agree. Um, I would say what he's taught me in our marriage is to communicate. Communication is one of the most important things in a marriage. And um, thinking about others is more important than thinking about yourself. Um, what did he? I think the most important thing I learned was just to put others before myself, me and my wife and children. It makes things a lot easier. Yes. So we've been married for 20 days. Um, and we met at the 12-2 uh, at Grace Fellowship. Communicate. Communicate, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely talk it out. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you pick up on a theme here? If you've been married 56 and a half years like one couple or 20 days like that couple, Communicate, communicate, communicate. By the way, Debbie and I have learned through the years that we call it tying the boats together. It's like you're each your own little boat drifting around on the sea of life as you go about your daily job, your activities. 
and you may drift kind of far away, metaphorically speaking, but once a day, no matter how crazy our day has been, we like to come together at least once a day and what we call tie the boats together, meaning we sit down together and just talk about the day. And some of it may be fairly trivial or even mundane. We ask, well, uh, how was your lunch? What did you do this morning? You know, did you have any interesting conversations today? Just all these normal things, no big deal. But it's funny how that when you do that daily, it has an amazing way of keeping you close together. And when you don't do that regularly, listen, all those little nothings, all those little trivial things seemingly, when you're not sharing that part of life, it tends to allow you to drift apart. So communication's important. And then we had a, a whole lot of couples who talked about the whole thing of love languages and how they wanted to learn those and speak those. Let's listen to a couple of those testimonies. You have to be aware of what your partner's needs are, and those are not going to be the same as your needs. Um, I guess we can summarize that as knowing your partner's love language and make sure you speak it mm -hmm. every day. Yep. And I've learned that marriage can work. We come from past relationships, and uh, we neither of us thought that um, we could be so happy. But when we do things under God's design, uh, we realize this is the most wonderful thing ever. Yeah, putting Jesus at the center of our relationship has made a huge difference, huge difference. And it has yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, without Jesus, I don't, it's just been another failed marriage for me. Yeah. Our Bible studies and our marriage, the marriage Bible study, the five love languages, made a huge impact on our marriage. Love languages. We've talked about them a good deal through the years, and I hope that if your relationship is, uh, whether it's struggling or whether it's thriving right now, that you'll give renewed attention to those. I want you to imagine a woman who comes into my office and says, Pastor, my husband doesn't love me anymore. And I say, well, what do you mean? He says, well, when we first got married, we had this little place out in the country, a beautiful little lake. It's about a quarter mile be behind the house. And we used to take these walks in the evenings a lot of times, and oh, it was so romantic. And he would stop and pick a wildflower and put it over my ear. He'd put his arms around me, look deeply into my eyes and say, I love you. And then with sadness, she says, he hasn't done that in years. The next day, I have a chance to talk to her husband. And I say, you know, I heard some sad news yesterday. Your wife says you really don't love her anymore. He's shocked. He sits rather erect in his chair. He says, what are you talking about? I don't know, but that's what she believes. He says, Pastor, let me tell you something. For a long time now, my wife has been an amazing seamstress. I mean, she loves to sew. She is incredible at it. And she makes all these things that she gives away as gifts. And people love to get this gift from her because she is such a pro at this. And she gives them away at Christmas and birthdays and, and uh, special occasions. And so she's wanted this place where she could have all of her stuff in one room. And so some months ago, I gutted a room in our house, and for months I've been building it back as a special sewing room just for her. 
I've spared no expense. I've taken my weekends and my weekday evenings. I've put literally hundreds of man hours in that job because I wanted it to be perfect for her. Pastor, why do you think I did that? I don't know. What? Why did you? Because I love her. And I say, you know, that's awesome. But it's a shame. You went to all that time, money, and effort to say to your wife you love her and what she really wanted. What she really wanted was a walk and a wildflower and three words. The truth is, we each have our own love language, and what communicates love to one does not necessarily communicate love to another. We need to become pros at this. By the way, God is. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he did something. I'm so glad the scripture doesn't reveal a God who has all these warm feelings for us but never does anything about it. No, the cross reminds us of God's activity of love. He sent Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. It was God's activity of love, that communicating in a love language we could get that drew us to him. Husbands, it's the same for you. Wives, it's the same for you. It's gonna be your communicating of that love language that will continue to draw your mate to you and help your marriage to flourish. Oh, there was so much laughter and so many good times on these testimonies. But you know what? Another theme we noticed is that many, many couples have gone through some tough seasons. Perhaps a divorce, uh, perhaps a, a separation or a divorce and a remarriage even to their spouse. There's all kinds of scenarios, storms they were often called. And so I want you to listen to a couple of testimonies now where uh, people talked about the tough times. Um, we met uh, at a gym, actually, through some mutual friends many, many years ago. I was working at the gym. We've been married for 13 years. It's an interesting question, though. 13 years. Um, however, we had a few years of separation in there. Um, did not have Christ in our life when we first got married. And uh, life and turmoil and problems just kind of took over, and we ended up separating. Well, I would say that we would continue to uh, operate with a Christ-centered uh, marriage life, um, that that will continue to grow us, grow our marriage, and keep our family close. I guess that it would be that we couldn't have gotten back together and, and have had the marriage that we have today without the center of Christ in our life and having God as our, our main focus in this marriage to get through the ups and downs. We just stand by in amazement when people don't have Christ in their life and they have a marriage and they get through great marriages. It's amazing to me how it can happen without it. You know, looking back now, uh, you know, the odds are just stacked against you that you're going to have a, a fulfilled relationship, you know, without God in your life. Uh, we met at work and uh, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. To go stronger together, to leave a legacy uh, positive for our children. 
only lead a legacy for our children to learn about Jesus. We need to show them the love of Jesus. Well, as we've been told, and then we live through it, uh, the storms of life come. I know we'd have trouble. Right. We were uh, through a seven-year separation, um, although still faithful to God. Um, he wound up blessing our family by bringing us back together eight years ago. Yep, eight years ago. Eight years ago. And it's, it's made us stronger, made our faith stronger, and we believe it's a blessing for our children and our grandchildren. And we just thank God every day that we have in our lives. Through this journey, we've learned that um, Jesus comes first, and Jesus is our life, and just trying to show our kids and family and we just can't thank Grace Fellowship for getting us back together and bringing us where we are today. Debbie and Rex have been our strength besides Jesus and we've just, we've all fought a great fight and it's been a wonderful journey and we just can't wait to show our family and friends that you just stick it out and Jesus will work, will be alongside you your whole life. Well, today's message about commitment really hit home. Stay committed. Fight the good fight. It's well worth it. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you may be going through a storm even now in your marriage, in your family. Maybe you're going through some tough times. Perhaps you wonder where to turn. Someone said to me recently, they had just explained the, the turmoil that was going on in their family, and she said, I, I don't know what to do but I know I can't go on living like this. Isn't that a poignant statement? I don't know what to do, but I know I can't go on living like this. Can I just speak a word to you? I believe it's God's heart today. If you're feeling like, wow, I can't go on, I'm, I'm about to give up, I, maybe you're feeling like you wanna bail, I would, just, I would just urge you at the moment when you most feel like giving up on your marriage is the very moment that you may need to hang on and just press in to God. And I gave that encouragement to this dear, dear person. Just, I believe that God wants you to press in more than ever to him right now. And you know what? A lot of times it's a theme of forgiveness, isn't it? A lot of times the big challenge, the big hurdle in a relationship is, you know what, trust has been broken, there's been a breach of the covenant we made, or maybe some egregious thing has been done, and there, honestly, there needs to be some forgiveness, some forgiveness given, and some forgiveness received. Here's a, here's a little testimony from one couple about the importance of, of forgiveness. We've been married for 22 years, and it was a blind date that worked. <laughs> to stay married. <laughs> um, That's a good one. <laughs> to, to continue where we are, because you know we've been married for 22 years, and like Pastor Rex says, there's a lot of ups and downs, but we're in a good place now. We just want to see it get better and hopefully encourage others to say, hang in there.
guys, listen to me. If your wife has been born with the gift of discernment, 99.9% .9 of the time she is right. <laughs> Took me a long time to learn that. And I would say forgive and forgive and forgive again. Ditto. Forgive and forgive and forgive again. Good words. Now some of you say, but forgiveness and trust are different things. You're absolutely right. And sometimes it is real hard to learn to build that trust again. But it's, it's worth it. It's worth it when we work on that. You know, another theme that came through really loud and clear was this whole idea of looking into the future and planning on serving the Lord together and doing ministry together. And I, I, I'm excited when I hear those kinds of testimonies because it says to me, here's a couple who isn't just going to coast. They're not just going to be, you know, blimps on a log. They're going to actually stay active for Christ. Would you listen to uh, a couple of couples from the church who talked about ministry together in the future? I think over the next 20 years, I really just um, look forward to continuing doing uh, ministry together. Uh, we actually will probably be retiring in the next 10 years or so, and we just are, have many, many conversations on how we can uh, take the gifts that God has given us and continue to serve others and enjoy doing that together. We've been married 35 years this last July, and we do talk a lot about doing ministry, continuing to do ministry together in our retirement year. Our, my dream is that, as we learned in this morning's sermon, that I will keep growing closer to Christ so that our relationship can be all the stronger. We have been through several... Um, important lessons through our marriage include a complete change of career just 10 years ago. We have uh, also have uh, one of our four children as a cancer survivor, and I think looking at all the important lessons, uh, it's been very evident to me that having a godly wife that uh, keeps me focused on Christ has been one of the biggest blessings of my life. I can answer both of those, can you? Yes, of course I can. <laughs> we met at Oneonta College in Oneonta. And we've been married? 32 years. Two years. I'd say uh, more mission work around yes. the country. Retiring in five years. Yeah. And hopefully moving to either Tennessee or Texas for good climate. Utilize that nice RV we have and uh, do some mission work. Yes. Spirit's purse and whatever else comes our way. Serving God together as you go into the future. I hope you have that dream for your life and that uh, you don't spend your life, your last years of life, just kind of uh, coasting. Well, there's one other story I want you to hear. Uh, I was really blessed by this little testimony. Uh, many of you have heard Christina Arangio on Channel 10, ABC locally. She is a popular news anchor on ABC. And what you may not know about her is that she and her husband are committed Christ followers and a part of our Half Moon congregation. And uh, as they share, I just sense the joy of Christ just coming through as they talked about some of their struggles, but also the joy of married life together. Let's listen to this testimony. Well, today, it's our anniversary. How cool is that? We've been married 17 years. 
uh, knew each other probably eight years before that. So we met in college, Ithaca College, uh, for a class called Documentary Research, and we just got put in the same group, and the rest God is history. Put us together. Yes. Wow, um, that we grow closer to God, yeah. closer together, and that we are together and healthy and happy. We've had some serious health challenges with my husband, and we want to grow old together and happy and enjoy our two beautiful children that God has blessed us with. Definitely. Like, hey, here <laughs> comes is. one. <laughs> one just decided to run in. And our oh, other here comes the other one. I bet you weren't expecting that. For the next 20 years, we want to survive this. <laughs> okay, come on, please. Go ahead. Um, uh, I know that every one of those arguments you have really doesn't matter. The, the thing that you think is the most important thing to disagree about, 99% of them, they're not even worth arguing about. Just, just learn to live with each other, forgive each other, live in, you know, love. Mm -hmm. Live in love and Persevere. everything works out. Persevere. I think we've had a, a number of challenges and trials in our 17 years of marriage, and I think we've learned that every time we come together and we yeah. pray, and we lean on God, and we lean on God, we've gotten through so many things, and we're just reminded of that lesson time and time again. And the end. The end. <laughs> Maybe you got something there. I don't know. <laughs> Well, Luke says it's time for the end, so maybe we need to take his cue here. As you continue to grow in love in your marriage, I hope you'll remember, love is not a feeling you feel. When you feel, you're going to feel a feeling you never felt before. Love is not two hearts beating as one amid stardust, nor is love merely warm fuzzies by the fireplace in the fall. As you've heard, it's all kinds of things. It's fun, and it's romance, and it's friendship, and it's commitment, and it's communication, and it's learning each other's love language, and it's forgiveness, and it's doing ministry together as you move into the future God has. And as you continue to fall in love more and more with the Lord and with one another, I pray that as we look at your home and your family, we'd be able to say, wow. God is right at the center of that. Praise be to his name. He is doing an amazing work in your lives. May we pray? Father, thank you for the gold that we've gotten from these testimonies, these nuggets of truth, these things that we can take away, the testimony of many years of experience. And thank you that it just coincides with what your word has already told us. Father, I thank you that marriage is your idea. And Lord, as we continue to uh, grow as families, as couples in our relationships, I ask that they would glorify you. Father, people would see you as they actually look at us and that you'd get all the credit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.